Welcome, everybody, to the Tag Your It podcast. I'm Ray Ray. I'm Dave. And we have, like, this is a little bit of a different format. Again, uh, we started to use Zoom and everything to start having some awesome discussions with people. And this is one of those times that we get to. And we have had, I think this is the most guests we've had on the podcast anyway. But we have with us Don Hinkle, and we have Bill Askell, and we got Clay Hall, and hopefully... Somebody will be chiming in soon. We'll have Josh Malone from Free the States as well. And so uh, until he comes on, we've got Don and Bill and Clay. And so um, instead of me introducing, um, let's start with Don. Go to Bill and go to Clay. And you guys uh, introduce yourselves. Tell us who you are and what you do. And that will kind of give everybody, you know, why are we here having this discussion today? Well, it's a pleasure to be, uh, be with you all today. Uh, again, I'm Don Hinkle. I'm editor of The Pathway. I'm the founding editor of The Pathway. Uh, for those who may not know, the newspaper was born out of the conservative resurgence here in uh, the Missouri Baptist Convention. And um, The Pathway now is, uh, well, uh, it will be 20 years old next June. And uh, by God's grace and by his blessing, we have seen uh, circulation grow from zero to 30,000 to where we're now the fourth largest paid circulated newspaper in the state of Missouri. And in addition to being the founding editor of The Pathway, I'm also the public policy advisor for the Missouri Baptist Convention. Mm. I'm Bill Askell, pastor of the Bethel Baptist Church in Owasso, Oklahoma. Uh, pastored in uh, this, I'm in my 16th year here at Bethel. Uh, I've pastored churches in Alabama and Oklahoma, but I spent the last 16 here, and I'm just I'm involved with Southern Baptists for abolishing abortion, uh, and I too appreciate the opportunity to be on this podcast today. And Don, we appreciate the influence you have in Missouri too. God bless you for that. Thank you. Hey, brothers, blessings. My name is Clay Hall. I am the pastor of Oak Grove Baptist Church. It is a replant in uh, Paducah, Kentucky, in mm-hmm. West Kentucky here. We've been in this part of the state, my wife and six kids, for about 12 years now. And God's uh, really blessing us, and we're just thrilled to be used in his kingdom any way he sees fit. So glad to be with you all. Well, thank you guys uh, for coming on uh, the podcast today. And uh, man, this is just a great discussion that uh, we've been pumped for um, for a little bit, especially uh, once uh, we started, you know, getting everything behind the scenes and everybody uh, wanting to join in. And Clay, thank you uh, for coming on again. So if uh, people have been a part of our podcast for a little bit, they've seen Clay a few times. Again, it was a couple of years ago that Don Hinkle was on the show and uh, we discussed, uh, we, uh, oh, that was uh, the whole flag. Um, yeah. at BBS sort of debate that we had there. So we had him. And then we also had Bill uh, on our podcast as well. And so now Josh um, is now just came on. So, yeah, sorry, I'm late. Yes. All right. Well, hey, we got our other guest. And hey, we haven't even like started the discussion. We've been doing uh, introductions anyway. So what a better time to introduce yourself. Who are yeah. you? What do you do, dude? Yeah, so my name is Josh Malone. I um am actually a member, uh, Dusty Deavers is going to be here today, but I'm a member of Grace Community Church in Elgin, Oklahoma. Um, and uh, I've been a longtime abolitionist. I'm actually um, a part of, uh, like, I'm a part of the board for Free the States Action Fund. Mm-hmm. So pr- very connected with the movement and stuff. And Dusty was going to be here today, but needed to take some time with his family uh, after a whole lot of different things. So he asked if I'd hop on chat with you guys. Well, thank you. Well, thank you uh, for for taking the place and just having another voice, especially um, you're from Free the States and everything, too. Mm -hmm. And we are happy as Tag Your It podcast to uh, partner with you. And so this is a very awesome. I'm I'm glad that finally, you know, a lot more connections are being made um, with our podcast and just different people that we can partner with in that. So we are happy 
to partner. So anyway, uh, Dave, if you uh, want to start the kind of getting us in on the why of we're here today and uh, introduce the, uh, the subject material. Well, Don has been an excellent proponent over and over again um, of pro-life things. He has worked hard. The uh, pathway has been an amazing advocate for life. And so uh, Don has, like you said, public, pol public policy director. And so I wanted to engage him in a discussion and kind of get some of his questions that he had about abolitionism and likewise get his response to the resolution. So Don, if you don't mind just uh, giving us some of your thoughts, leaving the convention, the resolution, good things, bad things, and any questions you had for us as a group of individuals uh, about abolitionism. Well, let me just start out by saying I, I think uh, all or certainly most Southern Baptists are abolitionists. Uh, I think the, the debate seems to be over what is the best approach. Do we, uh, do we go for um, the end of abortion immediately? Do we do it even to the extent of maybe um, civil disobedience uh, or, or to what extent um, what measures uh, can be taken in order to bring about uh, the end of abortion immediately. Um, I am a product of the Colson Center, the Chuck Colson Center for Christian Worldview. Chuck always taught us incrementalism. He taught us, look, the reality is, and, and of course I know this by being down at the state capitol, and, and in fact, let me just, let me say this real quick just uh, for your listeners, a bit of news. Uh, on Wednesday of this week, uh, a Senate committee uh, is going to have a public hearing on whether to defund Planned Parenthood and whether uh, we can ban uh, taxpayer-funded uh, money going to abortion providers. And I will be, of course, there speaking in order uh, in, in, in favor of passing a law that would prevent taxpayer dollars from going to abortion providers. So the battle is on, it's continuing, and we're gonna to continue to keep the pressure on and fighting hard. But back to, back to what I was originally taught under, under Chuck Colson. Chuck taught us that, you know, the reality is that the, the, uh, there are certain political realities and, uh, Chuck just always told me, he said, look, you, you, if you can get half the cake today, get it. And you come back, you come back tomorrow and try to get the other half. And so that's always kind of been my philosophy and dealing with it in reality down at the state capitol. My heart and my desire is for abortion to end today. Now, if, if, if someone wants to and, and by the way, I have protested. Uh, I often go with the women to the Planned Parenthood facility in Columbia and stand on the sidewalk and pray and protest what's going on uh, inside that clinic, which we, by the way, have now closed. Uh, but um, the reality is we are where we are. But I will. I, I, I must say that I am intrigued by the abolition abolitionist idea, and uh, I, I guess what I'm kind of interested in, and I think maybe what a lot of Southern Baptists would be interested in, is what exactly what exactly from your point of view do you think it would take? Is it time for civil disobedience? I'm certainly look. Scripture is clear on that. Uh, when, when, when we are told to do something that goes against God's word, then that's when, that's, that's when we go into action. And, and, uh, and so I guess the question is, you know, have we reached that point with abortion? It, it may be we are at a critical moment. You know, just, just last week, Governor Parson, our governor here in Missouri, was one of 12 governors that uh, filed a legal brief and petition asking the U.S. Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade. Now, will they do it? I don't know. But yeah, and I want to I want to jump in here real quick. I know um, I know the yeah. other guys might want to, but I think we're at a point here. Um, you say 
you're, you're talking about civil disobedience. Now, um, in this, what you're talking about, what do you mean by civil disobedience? Should we be civilly disobey? What what would we be civilly disobeying yeah. if that were the, were the case? Like, what do you hear the abolitionists saying is civil disobedience? What, what do I hear abolitionists saying? Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call it civil disobedience. But what do you hear when an abolitionist says this? You hear it being called civil disobedience or category of Well, when I think of civil disobedience, I think of Martin Luther King and his letter from the Birmingham jail. I mean, that's 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 yeah. the clear example, I think the Christian example of what civil disobedience is. It's against it's against a you're willing to go to jail, you're willing to suffer for the cause of Christ because because of an unjust unjust law or action that's been taken. And um, so I, I think civil disobedience certainly would mean jail time. Okay, and what specifically? So what is, what is the specific thing that you think that we would be civilly disobeying? What would we do that would put us in jail? I think is that as you understand, Don. What what would you in your mind, as you as you heard what we've had to say and have maybe observed some actions, what would we be doing that would land us in jail? In my personal point of view, nothing. But what <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Welcome to America. <laughs> but what does the law say? You know. Um, yeah, I remember Al Mohler said something once when people were complaining about taxpayer-funded abortion. And Mohler said something, Dr. Mohler said something really interesting. He said, you know, it's one thing uh, to for the government to tell you you must have an abortion. It's a completely different thing to have to pay your taxes, which may end up going to abortions. But we have to pay our taxes. We must. Jesus said we are to pay our taxes, and so uh, 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 you know, where civil disobedience comes in 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 that equation and all that, uh, I'm not sure. Um, but I do know, as a Baptist, we we put a premium on our conscience, and when our conscience. Uh, speaks to us when the Holy Spirit speaks to us through our conscience. Uh, I think I think we should obey whatever that may be, but I don't believe that the Holy Spirit is going to uh, um, do anything would tell us to do anything that is contrary to the law unless that law violates God's word. I, you know, we must obey God rather than man. You're exactly right. And and, and Don, uh, I appreciate, first of all, I want to say I appreciate your engagement and your involvement at the clinic, because if you've been at the abortion clinics, then you know uh, better than anyone knows uh, that the narrative that there are two victims at the clinic uh, is a false narrative. There's there's a woman, unless she's been dragged into the clinic, there's a woman willingly taking a baby in to uh, to have the baby murdered, and uh, and part of our concern, uh, I, you know, I was the I was the fella, uh, it, uh, I drew the short straw at the convention, and I was the fellow who presented uh, the resolution. Uh, on abolition. There were people more capable than myself who could have done that. But but so we did that. God blessed uh, in, a, in a wonderful way. And what we're saying when we talk about immediate, uh, what we're saying is that we ought to be doing uh, everything we can to focus on the goal. I, I loved Chuck Colson, what Chuck Colson stood for. Chuck Colson was a political animal. We are not, we're not pragmatists. Uh, we are principled men and women who are saying the scripture says clearly, you shall not murder. And so our, our position is not a gradualistic position. Our position is not an incremental position. Our position is an immediate position. And I, and I think that's important to get that point across. I believe you when you say that most Southern Baptists are abolitionists. I've had several reach out to me since the convention saying, I did not know that abolition was even an option until I heard you speak at the convention. And so I, I think my pro-life friends, uh, putting things like heartbeat bills, um, 
pain capable bills, uh, even uh, where how taxpayer monies are spent, have the vet, the best intentions. I don't question the t- intentions at all. I think what I have discovered as someone who was, I would have described myself until a couple of years ago, a principled pro-lifer. In other words, I did not believe in exceptions uh, since I've thought about this topic, never have. Uh, but neither was I one of these guys that would say the reality is it won't work. Uh, I was principled. I, th- I thought if it's right in the sight of God and we stand where we ought to stand, uh, Jericho's walls will fall, whether it seems reasonable or not, if, if we will do what God calls us to do. And so uh, I discovered along the way, uh, professional pro-lifers, guys who make a living uh, pitching the idea of ending abortion. They raise millions of dollars. we got a guy in our state, Tony Lowinger, who's the vice president of National Right to Life, a, a Roman Catholic-driven organization, president of Right to Life in Oklahoma, and he, he rakes in millions of dollars. Uh, if, if abortion ends tomorrow, Tony Lowinger and people like him are out of a job. Then I met political pro-lifers. These guys run for office time and time again, promising to end abortion, but they get money from people. They get elected that way. And then I've met since the convention, academic pro-lifers who who don't like, uh, small people like myself, uh, suggesting that there may be a better way. And, and I want to say this as, as tenderly as I can. I do not believe and, and I, that the thoughtful, principled pro-lifers who, like you, want to see abortion abolished today, you would rejoice if that happened. I do not believe it has been thought through clearly that, that different things, different measures, half measures, become a distraction to the ultimate goal of abolition. Now, as far as civil disobedience, if somebody wants to arrest me at an abortion mill when I'm stand, uh, peacefully standing there pleading with the woman not to murder her baby, they can arrest me, I suppose. Uh, if they want to come to my house, because, because uh, as has been suggested by the uh, academic pro-lifers, that perhaps what drives us is that we are post-millennial theonomists who are looking for a fight. Uh, you know, If they want to come to my house and do that, fine. I'm not going to knowingly do anything that would dishonor God in the balance of of honoring him first and honoring uh, the authorities, unless the authorities undertake unjust or iniquitous decrees. Here's our position in a nutshell. The abortion is not the law of the land. Abortion is not the law of the land. The Supreme Court made an iniquitous, a wicked decision with Roe v. Wade, as they have done with Obergefell as well. And we're simply saying to our Southern Baptist brothers and sisters, get to your state legislature. You you put pressure, as only Southern Baptists can, on the legislature and tell them you expect them to pass an abolitionist bill. Not not an incremental because we had a woman at the abortion clinic the other day trying to stop her from going in. And she said, oh, no, I caught it in time. I caught it in time. What's she talking about? Well, either that there's no heartbeat or incapability. We gave her that language. Pro-lifers gave her that language. And we need to say, no, it is murder. Whether, whether, whether this baby has been in your womb a day Six weeks, 10 weeks, it's murder. And so uh, there's a distraction that comes in pro-life legislation. And we're trying to say, brothers and sisters, join us. You've had 48 years to see the whole cake eaten. Join us in this strategy and see if God will bless those who say, the Lord says you shall not kill. The Lord says rescue those who are being led away to the slaughter. The Lord says he hates unequal measures. The Lord says that we must do all we can do to protect our own life and the life of others. And, and that's really where abolitionists are. Uh, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty simple. I'm a simple guy. And so I don't, am I making sense at all to you? I mean, uh, even the bill you're talking about coming up Wednesday, thank God it's being discussed. But what you're talking about basically is where taxpayer monies will go. In Oklahoma, in Oklahoma, over the past several years, as we've had more and more pro-life legislation passed every year, every year, abortion, if you grab it, is on the rise in Oklahoma. Now, I'm not a rocket scientist, but if this is, all these things are happening that are good and abortion is climbing, then we might need to re-examine what's good. And it, by the way, I'll, I'll shut up with this. In Oklahoma, it's pro-life Republican conservatives, a supermajority of them that block abolition. 
the Democrats don't have a say in the Oklahoma legislature, except when they get to join Republicans to block abolitionist legislation. If, if, if they would get behind it, we would see abortion facing abolition in Oklahoma if our if our governor would sign the bill, if our attorney general would say to the Supreme Court, you don't get to tell us who we kill in our state and who we don't kill in our state. We're going to protect every citizen. Equal justice for everyone under the law, born and unborn. That's that's basically the position of abolitionists. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. It does. I could go down there Thursday and I could I could advocate for that position. And you know what would happen? They'll laugh me out of the room. Right. Come out, come outside the wall and suffer with us, brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. For a period of time, that's definitely true. I'll, I'll say this as someone who's been doing this for nine years. Uh, it's it's a shocking moment for me to be sitting here with a bunch of pastors having a respectful conversation about this because it's been so, the position has been so marginalized for so long that uh, very few people have really been listening to, to the argument. And so it's true that they will laugh at you at the beginning. But then as you, as you continue to make the argument, because it's not about those you know, politicians, it's about what do the people want. As you, begin, as you continue to make the people aware of the behavior of their politicians and how that lines up with the word of God and with the constitution in our form of government, then uh, they stop laughing and they start being like, wait, we have to do something about this. And so, I mean, it's interesting. I, I don't know. One of the subjects of uh, like what's possible or, or, or can you try to do both or, or you know, put forward a lot of different types of bills, why, why be so focused on something like immediatism is because politicians will take the path of least resistance. And we saw that in a huge way this year in Oklahoma. Bill, you might even be able to say more exactly, but I think we had five or six major pro-life bills that were passed this year, championed by the pro tem of uh, the Oklahoma Senate. And the reason for that was because he was trying to cover up the fact that they had just killed the abolitionist bill. Right. So he's exactly. more than happy to accept these really strict pro-life laws if it means he doesn't have to do the thing that is take the hard stand that's actually- <laughs> and, and, and that's why I talk about distraction. Yeah. See, the pro tem is a Southern Baptist, member of a Southern Baptist congregation in, in the Oklahoma City area, in good standing. And he he would tell you if we had him on today, man, I'm, I'm for ending abortion. I'm for abolishing abortion. But when the opportunity presents itself, Josh nailed it. They'll take the path of least resistance. And uh, Don, we the, what happened at the convention was the first wave it's it, it's historic in southern baptist life in a couple of, one i've been going to conventions more than 40 years i've never seen the resolutions committee overruled so that a resolution was brought out of committee over the protest of the committee i may i don't know if you've seen one or not but i've never seen that number two as we read through the history of language of, of resolutions there's no shortage of pro-life resolutions or, or anti-abortion we would call them resolutions it's the first one in the history of the convention it called for abolition, actually used the word, uh, the word associated with slavery uh, in the last century. Uh, it, is, it is historic, and the conversation is now happening. And so I really believe Southern Baptists, as the people that we are, when, when we're at our best, people of the book, Southern Baptists are being poised to speak to, res to respective state legislatures and say, do the right thing. You, you can end abortion in, you can end abortion in Missouri this session. Do it. Now, this, the court's going to strike it down, but that's when we say we don't recognize your authority. That, that's the civil disobedience that we would engage in is to say, no, you don't have authority over us to do that. All right. It's a law that we've passed. And once we start digging our heels in and, and remind the courts that they don't write law, they interpret law. Then we're going to start seeing some of the things, and I really believe whether it's whether it's Missouri or Oklahoma or Texas or whatever state, Kentucky, that when the domino starts falling, the dominoes are going to fall 
everywhere. And you're going to look up and you're going to have two countries. You're going to have a country where abortion is outlawed and you're going to have a country where there's abortion on demand. And God is not blessing the United States. By the way, he's not blessing the Southern Baptist Convention either because we have not dug our heels in and said, our God hates what's going on and we're going to stand against it until it is no more. And I believe when that happens, if the Southern Baptist Convention leads the way in that, God will begin to bless the Southern Baptist Convention. We've got our other issues, but this is number one. Uh, the, the Holocaust in America is number one. And every Southern Baptist has a heartbeat all the way on the front line saying abortion must stop immediately without exception or compromise. Don, you... Uh, I- I agree that uh, I agree that brothers like you should have a voice and should speak to the legislature. Um, I think, and I hope that you agree. You can you can tell me what you think. Um, I think that those who have inherited the role of the prophet today, um, they are the church. That the church has inherited the role of the Old Testament prophet who is to go to the king or to go to the the ruler, the magistrate, as it were, and to speak the truth of God to them. We are, so the church, I believe, is the conscience of the state. Uh, Mm. What they do, what they do with what we say to them uh, is between them and God. But whether or not we say to them what God's standard is, that's between us and God. So the duty is ours the results are God's. And so we need to, with conviction, stand before our magistrates and say, this is what God expects of you. And I and and we need to not be bashful about saying, we speak for the people of God in the state of Missouri or the state of Kentucky or the state of Oklahoma. We speak for the people of God who identify as Southern Baptist churches, and we number this much. So we are this percentage of your constituency, and we all agree that this is what God expects of you. And so therefore, this is what we expect of you. Now, I imagine in a state like Missouri that has had a um, had a um, trifecta, a supermajority, the governor, the Senate, and the House since 2017, I think it is, Um, I imagine that that will carry some weight. Um, And so for states like Missouri, states like Oklahoma, um, they have have a greater responsibility because when they pass legislation like they're considering passing right now to defund Planned Parenthood in the state, um, what they're essentially saying is, we know this is wrong. We know abortion is, is wrong. But we're not going to go so far as to say no abortions can happen in this state. And so what they're doing is they're, they're acknowledging the moral abhorrence, the, the moral, um, the horrible moral failure of abortion. They're acknowledging it as, as wrong, many of them acknowledging it as sin, but they're not willing to take a just stand. And that's what the church needs to call our legislators to. And if, if the church doesn't, who will? If the church mm-hmm. doesn't call them to make a stand, why would we expect any other group within their constituency to call them to make that stand? You know, I, I, I love what you guys are doing, to be honest with you. I mean, I really do. I had no problem with your resolution that, in Nashville at all. Um, you know, when I go down to the state capitol, when I go down there Thursday and I speak to the Planned Parenthood thing, uh, I would prefer just go down there and say, guys, let's just thought, forget this. Just pass a bill and abolish abortion. Okay, let's just, just cut to the chase and do it. Like I said, they'd laugh me out of the room. But, and here, here's something I want to remind you all. Just and and I'm not trying to. I, I let me say I don't. I'm not feeling any pressure or anything like that. Believe me. There's all kinds of pressure down at the Capitol, <laughs> and I don't really feel pressure from my brothers and sisters of Southern Baptist life. My job is to go down there and do what 
they've said do. And of course, they you do that through resolutions and 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 any various means that where the convention speaks. Uh, and then I'm limited. I'm limited. Uh, and and so I think that's why your work is important. You you are going to give me maybe we are your tribe will increase to the point of where. It will become the dominant view in Southern Baptist life. And then I do then have the authority to walk down the street and say, Southern Baptists are telling you today, end it now. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. But I need, I need Missouri Baptists. Tell me that. Sure and, and, and to your credit, you're pointing out they haven't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you have you have a unique position. I agree with what Clay said. We are we're the we're the prophetic mouth. You have a unique position as an editor to educate your readership. I mean that that's the power of the press still uh, to begin to to do some uh, you know you can do some. This is a this is a horse. This is a cow. The horse is not a cow. The cow is not a horse. Start drawing some contrasts, and you know I would just I would encourage you to take a look at some things. Free the states uh, leader Russell Hunter has done one of the best jobs I know of of delineating the difference between a pro life bill and an abolitionist bill, and people begin to think. There is a better way. There is a better way. Because I agree with you. You can't go down and right now on Thursday and speak for Missouri Baptists and say abolish abortion right now because that's not where that's the not what they say. is. No, but, but, you, but you, as much as anybody in the state, can educate people and, and just begin to draw the line. And I promise you what you said earlier, most Southern Baptists want to see abortion abolished. You will probably be the strongest witness and the most powerful force in the state of Missouri to draw out those things so that they one by one begin to say, wait a minute, we need, if, if what Don told us in the newspaper, a pro-life bill is different from an abolitionist bill, we need to be pushing abolitionist bills uh, and those kind of things. That, that's why I pray for you. I mean, you're, you're one of my favorite uh, editors of all the state newspaper editors. I wish would to God that our newspaper editor in Oklahoma had the courage and the convictions you do. Uh, he's not there yet. Maybe he'll get there. I don't know. Maybe somebody else will get in his place. I don't know. But I thank God for you. And I, and I really think you have a position and an opportunity because flip, flip the, the tide, you know, I speak as a pastor and I can speak as a group, Southern Baptist for abolishing abortion, but I don't have the ear of, of Missouri Baptist like you do. I mean, they, you, you've gained confidence. You've gained the right to speak into their lives. And I think you have a unique opportunity. And, and as much as anybody in the state of Missouri, God would use you to turn the tide. And then as that begins to happen and the pastors come on board and begin to rise up with one voice, that's when the legislature will get on its knees. Yeah. Yeah. And to follow, to, to back that up, one of the things when we go down in a state like Oklahoma, when we go down to the Capitol, Basically, the only people who get their stuff passed, there's three groups, right? The, the people who have money, like the actual corporate lobby, the teachers, right. the churches. Teachers, you know. yeah. yeah, yeah, but but the churches are that third piece. Yeah. And so you're absolutely right that if you do not have the churches and the people of God in Missouri behind you, then you're not going to be able to pull it off because they're they're going to know that you're just speaking without actually the support behind you. But just like the Old Testament prophets did have a, they they both went to the king and to the priest, right? It, there there was a role both directions mm-hmm. by making that appeal and 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 beginning to teach the church like this is actually the righteous application of the scriptures to the law of the land, then the people of God, even though the, the, the kings, you know, the legislators aren't going to agree with you at first, and they're going to laugh you out of the room at first, as more and more churches begin to actually understand that. They did Jeremiah too, so that's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. But but you'll actually begin to have the, the yeah. weight of the churches truly behind you as the educator. Right. And that's been our experience, and it's refreshing and unbelievable to see it like really starting to cash in. But yeah, I bet it is. Don, yeah. I want to, I want to bring something that's Missouri Baptist specific because I think that some of the things that 
Josh and Clay and Bill have put forward are, are really important. Remember last year at the Missouri Baptist Annual Meeting, we did attempt to pass the resolution that was passed at the Southern Baptist Convention, and it was pulled out and all of the abolitionist language, specifically the unequivocal end to abortion, uh, without exception or compromise, was removed from that. But there's some things in that resolution that, that I want to press you on that I, I think that all Missouri Baptists need to. They said in that resolution last year, very clearly, in uh, one of the whereases, they said that they unequivocally state that elective abortion is murder, and we reject any position that allows for elective murder, which limits the legal protection of our preborn neighbors. If it's truly murder, if it's truly murder, I'm sorry, that's not how we treat it, nor does God's word treat murder that way. Yeah. But likewise, Don, we have a Southern Baptist governor by God's grace. We are in the position to be the very first state in the union to actually end it. And we can get together and you can press the people from your position. You've said that it's murder. How does God's word treat murder? I would encourage you and I would plead with you, uh, just as you have pled for the life of the pre-born, let's be consistent. Because here's the thing, Don, and you know this about me. I'm 100% disabled, right? I'm 100% disabled. Tomorrow, if the law was passed that said, you know what? Euthanasia... We will allow euthanasia for anyone who's 100% disabled. All we need is families to sign. And if I take off my wife and kids, they take me down to the euthanasia cl clinic. Now, there's not a Southern Baptist in the world that wouldn't say, well, we need to incrementally change that legislation. Roe is not the highest standard. And the problem mm -hmm. is that when we pretend it is, I believe we're compromising on our statement that's murder and using unequal standards. And I would kind of like to get some of your thoughts on, on those things. You know, do you think our governor would sign? I know that it's conjecture, but do you think he would sign a, a, a bill? I mean, Mike Moon, I testified in, in Jeff City, and the guy who got up against me was a pro-life dude. I mean, after I told them that, that the doctor told me to murder my five-year-old, right, his response was, well, this will kill all the progress we've made. Of course it will, because we don't need it anymore. Who said that, Dave? Do you, know, you remember who it was? Man, I, I don't remember who it was. I know uh, you all on the uh, Free the States uh, used the guy's name, but I can't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> I'd have to look up the blog. Uh, <laughs> if we had James Silverman here, we'd know it. In yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> you mentioned Mike Moon. Um, Mike is an abolitionist. Yes, mm -hmm. and uh, there's a lawmaker here in Missouri that we could go to, and he's and a he is a Baptist. member of a Southern Baptist church. He is. He, he goes. He's a member of High Street Baptist Church in Springfield, and um, Mike uh, is a very strong abolitionist. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, uh, he's the only one I know of. Mm -hmm. And we also, if you uh, remember from last year, whenever we um, didn't introduce the Missouri, what should have been the Missouri Baptist for the abolition abortion uh, resolution, it was Doug Ritchie, which was a fellow colleague yeah. that gutted our resolution further from when it was already gutted. So we, we, as Southern Baptist, we do. Do you, you recall a, his reasoning for gutting it? Um, his reasoning was that there would be, um, I think he's, he stated that it would be, he wouldn't be able to have any, like he wouldn't be able to sign any incrementalist bill. Well, I know Doug, I know Doug, yeah. and that's unfortunate. And, and of course, yeah. nobody binds the guy. I need to reach out to Doug and talk to him about this. I'm this yeah. is the first time hearing this, but no one binds the conscience of a Southern Baptist to say, I wouldn't be able to do this, wouldn't be able to do that. Uh, that's between you and God. Uh, I, I, I'll tell you a real quick story. A couple of years ago in Oklahoma, what woke me up, Don, was I'm just rocking along thinking Oklahoma Baptist is going to take care of this. There's a great bill, Senate 13. 
And to my dismay, Oklahoma Baptist leaders were the ones that shot it down. I don't know if you were familiar with what happened there, but it was the it was the executive director, treasurer, it was the president of the convention, it was the editor of the Baptist Message. I was dumbfounded. And, uh, the president was a good friend of mine, uh, so we reached out to him uh, in great dismay. <laughs> and come about Anthony. No, I'm talking. No, well, Anthony Jordan was was one of the ones pushing it. Yeah, but I'm talking about Blake Gideon, who was the president of the convention at the time, Pastor Blake Gideon. Exactly. He is now today a com committed, convicted abolitionist. Spoke at the state capitol this past February, challenging the uh, legislators uh, to to join in this cause and, and abolish abortion. What I'm saying is that's something God did through the through some folks. Uh, challenging and raising up and educating because Blake would tell you if he was here, I was misled. I was not educated. And he has a blog, a video blog now that he does. That is just, that is tremendous. And so that's, that's what God is doing. That's a sample of what God is, is doing all across this country. When I, when we hang up here, I've got a meeting at three 30 with, with a group of pastors to talk about this very thing who are coming in from out of state. Uh, the, the wave is building, and my prayer is that it's going to be a tsunami. It's going to hit like a tsunami. Now, I wish it could hit somewhere other than Anaheim, California uh, next year, but that's in God's providence where we're meeting. But we're in Charlotte the year after. Uh, and so state by state, I think Missouri, uh, because of some of the pieces that are involved, yeah, Mike Moon is the only one, but, but politicians are pragmatists. They don't like to lose. Uh, and if Southern Baptists uh, get uh, off our seats and into the streets and begin to be vocal about what we expect, there will be some legislators. I've told folks here in Louisiana, I don't care why these fellows vote for abolition. I don't care if they're, they're committed or convicted to it. I need their vote. Uh, they can have their conscience before the Lord. And, uh, and God will, will use this and do this. So we're in the we're in the early stages of a very exciting time. Josh Malone's been on the battlefield a lot longer than I have, but I think he will tell you he's as encouraged today as he's ever been in this battle. Uh, God's doing some great things, and this movement is not perfect. <laughs> we we fuss and fight among ourselves. You know the the challenge is it's kind of like herding cats sometimes. But but the, but the, the solemn common commitment is what you said earlier i want to see abo abortion abolished now and that's our language of immediately without exception or compromise some of the some of the academic guys have sort of caricatured us and said it's an all or nothing with them no it's it's abolition it's not it's abolition There's, if you put any other if you take slavery suppose the abolitionists had said and there was a group like this that said look let's abolish some slavery we, we can't we can't abolish the whole thing let's abolish some slavery now there would be something some some backhanding and some slapping but not to the slaves who were still slaves who, who weren't didn't get involved in that uh god doesn't operate a piecemeal i don't tell anybody who comes to me and professes faith in christ repents of their sin and wants to be baptized and says but by the way i'm uh, i'm a serial adulterer and I say, well, you need to let's let's cut that cut that down by five. You know, let's let's cut out five of the relationship. No, repent. My children know from catechizing them, repent. They need to be sorry to God, and hate and forsake the sin because they've sinned against God. Hate it and forsake it because it does not please God. And that's all when we talk about immediate. We're pressing for repentance, and then the fruit of that repentance. And I believe, as, as I study the scriptures, that's the only thing we have any hope that God will honor, because I can't change one person's heart. But him who honors me, the Lord says, I will honor. And, if, and the rest of that verse says, and he who despises me, and that's, that's what makes me tremble. If I'm not honoring God, we can kind of wiggle around dishonor, maybe. God says, if you're not honoring me, you're despising me. And he who despises me, I will esteem lightly. And I really believe in my heart that the Southern Baptist Convention is experiencing the light estimation of God because we have not clearly, cohesively, in a united way, honored him on this topic, 
on this matter. 2021, first time in the history of this convention to say we want abortion abolished immediately without exception or compromise. Uh, I you believe know, heaven takes notice. Bill brought up slavery, and y you know, as well as the rest of us, Don, that our Southern Baptist Convention of Churches has been apologizing over and over and over for our history as it relates to slavery. Um, I don't want... I don't want to contribute to another generation or two or three of a convention of churches that apologizes over and over and over for our complicity in abortion. We have an opportunity now to do what God expects of us to do, and we want to be found faithful now. And so if we specifically apply that to Missouri, um, Missouri the state convention of Baptist in Missouri um, in October will have an opportunity to vote on a resolution to abolish abortion, Lord willing. And they would then be able, people like you, Don, would be mm -hmm. able to take that resolution, resolution to legislators. For example, like right now, SB 391 that mm -hmm. Mike Moon um, put forth to abolish abortion in Missouri is stuck in committee. It's stuck in a committee chaired by Bob Onder, who is a member of, of the Missouri Right to Life. And you would have an, a document in your hand that you would be able to, to say to Bob Onder, Bob, the Southern Baptist Convention in the state of Missouri wants you to bring that out of committee and bring it to a vote. Um, so we... As Southern Baptists for Abolishing Abortion, we want to push our sister churches to call for that kind of righteous stance, to call our legislators to do justly, uh, to not deny equal justice, to not deny equal protection for our preborn neighbors. Mm -hmm. mm. That's great. Well, um, I am extremely grateful for all that we've been able to say. And, and Don, I want to let you kind of give us some of your thoughts on this. And I think you did an excellent job. I mean, I really appreciate what you said about the fact that if you had the resolution, you could go to them and you would go to them. Like, that's amazing. All you did right there was put the burden right on us because that's what you do. And uh, what I will tell you is we are working on a resolution, um, mm -hmm. and I know you have a, a great deal of influence. That's one reason we wanted you on here, because one of our largest podcasts was the last time you were on here, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and so you have a voice. People will, oh, there's Don, you know, and, and we're blessed because of your fight for life. Um, I don't, well, I, I believe it should end. I want to praise the Lord for every life that was saved. But I want to say, man, there's so much more. And, and I, I've said this before, and I said it to our friend, uh, Dr. Tim Faber, last year. Uh, I stole it from Adam, and Adam said it to him as well. So said, you know, you can right. cut an inch in half infinity times. And when I was at the state, they said, well, there was only 14 abortions in the state. Well, that's not true, number one. And number two... We're saying that it's okay to murder 14 babies? Yeah. Mm. No, you know, and and that's what was it was crazy. We're celebrating that, but no, no, as people who are whose conscience should be held to scripture, uh, to quote Luther just a little bit there, I guess paraphrase him. Uh, man, my heart needs to be captivated by scripture and and the sovereignty of God's word and his um his word being the foremost on my heart, uh, man, uh, anything, and I would just, anything that you could at least um, put put out to say, where are we on this? Are we being inconsistent? Uh, means the world to to that resolution. And not, not just that resolution. Look, at the end of the day, Bill put it so well at the convention. It didn't matter if the resolution passed or didn't. We were there, and we are going to be there this year. Uh, and we're going to have discussions, and we're going to push Missouri Baptist. Um, Good. And, Good. and I'm so grateful that we get that, because 
that's where it changes. And I truly believe that Missouri can be the first. Uh, and you have the ear. I think we're close. You have I the ear of so many people. So uh, that's one reason we're so grateful for your the opportunity to engage you. But yeah, Amen. kind of share your thoughts with us uh, as we kind of begin to kind of move to wrap up, you know, because I know these guys are all busy and I'm so grateful for their time. Um, great discussion. Um, you really got me thinking now, I, to be honest with you, I, there's, there's so many issues, uh, when you're editor and you're doing the public policy work too, there's so many issues laid before you. And, um, and, uh, sometimes, you know, it feels like, uh, I don't know, you just move from one crisis to another. <laughs> uh, but this is number one. I mean, everything begins with life. Mm -hmm. You can't have liberty and you can't have the pursuit of happiness if you don't first have life. And so it all begins there. So to me, this is a very basic fight. And uh, I commend you for it. I, 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 uh, I find myself deeply sympathetic uh, uh, and receptive to your argument um, because I believe it's scriptural. Mm -hmm. I believe it's based on God's truth. And uh, for a believer, that, that, that pricks our conscience and, and pulls at our heart. And, uh, and, and because we know it's true. Yep. We know truth. And we know it when we hear it. And um, uh, and I believe that uh, if what you're speaking is true. Now, uh, you 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 really for me raised the issue. Okay, what am I to do? What what is there something I can do? I appreciate all the compliments, guys. Uh, it's really nice of you and all that, but I'm not into that at 67. And uh, and. Uh, uh, I, I just want to do what the Lord wants me to do. I will obey him. That's all that matters to me at this stage of my life, which if you don't know my story, a little over a year ago, it almost ended. Uh, the Lord had the opportunity to take me, but he didn't. He wanted me to stay. And he actually wanted me to stay for a reason or he has a purpose and 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 i have been discovering that purpose slowly but surely as the days go by i do believe that perhaps this is this is something that the lord would have me do i think uh, i think what dave said about um, you know maybe you know the pathway is a great uh tool to, to lay the case before Missouri Southern Baptist. That's the thing. I'm not afraid to do that. I, and, and I don't think I don't think Missouri Southern Baptists are afraid for me to, to say it to them. So, okay, here it is. Let's put it out there. Let's explore this. What does scripture say about this? And what would the Lord have us do? Let's pray and, and let's and, and, and let's talk to each other about it. And um, so maybe maybe it's time for pathway. To, uh, to launch that conversation among Missouri Amen. Baptists uh, yes. with the idea that um, maybe something might happen in Branson in October. Amen. Could I? Amen. Uh, that's kind of where, my, where my heart is after, after talking to you today. Um, Thank you. That brings, uh, brings tears to my eyes. Um, I'm so grateful that you would at least consider it because... Oh. I would. That's what we went. That was the only reason that I went to Nashville. And I want to encourage you. Josh here has great access to right. one of the greatest writers in the abolitionist movement, James Silberman. And um, he will be at the Missouri Baptist annual meeting. Um, if you need anyone to write our position or to engage he would be such a, a powerful piece. Oh, I say, let's engage. Mm -hmm. Let's engage. <laughs> I'm all for it. 
Don, I'm a, let's go. Let's, I'll yeah, be time. let's go to bed, but let's, let's go. Let's engage. Amen. We need to talk about this. We need yeah. to talk about this, brothers and sisters. Yes. Don, I, I, I don't know if you know the history of Baptist State Papers or not, but back before the cooperative program. Unfortunately, I do. It's not good. The program was, was uh, initiated. A typical Baptist State Paper every week would have a theological discussion, a point, counterpoint, go back. And it was, it was used as an educational tool to keep Baptists informed. Of course, we didn't have the digital age. We didn't have a lot of these things. But, uh, but I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'm going to tell you what if I were in your place, I think I would be inclined to do. I'm, I'll be 69 in September if the Lord lets me live. Uh, two years ago, a cardiologist showed me a graph of my heart. And he said, you have a 100% blockage in one of the main arteries. He said, but, the, but, he said, but you have two, uh, arter two tributaries that have grown around it so that you still have blood, blood supply there. He looked at me and he said, you're a very lucky man. And I said, no, let me tell you, I have a cardiologist who is very good at what he does. All right. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So I'm, uh, I should have been gone from this place as well. Yeah. But if I were in your place as editor, I think I would begin to educate the people, uh, reflect upon the, I don't, you may have already done a reflection on the convention, but reflect upon the convention and particularly upon the historic nature of a resolution that was adopted, brought out of committee, that's historic, uh, addressing, mm -hmm. using the term abolition, that is yeah. historic. And, and, and so now your people, your readership has been exposed to something unusual, significant, and to a term that they've not been aware of. And, and then go from there in terms of the, you know, what is the difference between uh, pro-life, what we call the, uh, the secular pro-life industry, but the pro-lifeism and, and abolitionism begin to draw the distinctions. And, and, and if you ever get a hold of Russell, uh, Hunter's art on this, his his graph on this, it is mind blowing. If you don't have that, David, I know you probably have access to that. Josh Malone, you can send it to him. It is mind blowing. Okay, uh, but it, it, and it's a graphic. So all you're gonna do is see it, and you realize, whoa, there's a. And I would do that kind of an education. And at some point, it's right for you as editor to editorialize. And talk about your journey. I'm not afraid to do that. <laughs> and what's your what's your impressed to do, and what what would honor, what would best honor God? How could Missouri Baptist yeah, best honor right. God? I mean, I would I would run that track, and I really believe God would use that as you move toward October. I'm kind of jealous you're going to have a state convention in Branson. That's another topic. When you move toward October that the, the Missouri people would now be educated. So, because if, if James Silverman is going to be there and, and mm -hmm. uh, David's going to be there and others, I have a notion, I'm not a prophet or the son of a prophet, but I would, wouldn't surprise me if there's some pamphlets being passed out by Free the States that address this topic. So, so, so now your readers pick up a pamphlet that further enhances what you've been educating them on. It's not, it, it, it's SBC, the Southern Baptist Convention. We had to put pamphlets in the hands of people, and it's the first time they'd ever seen them. And uh, and then the committee had to get up and tell something that wasn't exactly true. Well, they never, they, they didn't know what the resolution was. No, truth is, 7,500 messengers, and if, if husbands and wives speak to one another, more than that, had a copy of our resolution in their hands before the convention started. I mean, think about the advantage. If you've already been educating the people and they get this encouragement at the convention, what God might do. Southern Baptists, on the basis of conversations outside, a pamphlet handed to them over the protest of the resolution committee who got up and spoke against our resolution, ethics professors at the microphones who spoke against our resolution had to vote two-thirds majority to bring it out of committee and the vote was probably closer to 90 percent to bring it out of committee that that shouted to me askel southern baptists want people to lead them in this direction mm -hmm. 
And, uh, and, and so I really believe I, I see something on the horizon. And while I would be jealous if Missouri becomes the first state to abolish abortion, I would rejoice at the same time. And I would write Governor Stitt and I'd say, why did you let us get behind on this? Catch up. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's just my two cents. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Josh, you haven't said too much, brother. Uh, give us a, a little word and then uh, Adam can close us out and we'll We'll be done in an hour. How we were non-baptistic, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, no, I mean the thing that keeps coming to mind is um, so there's a forthcoming documentary about everything that's happened in Oklahoma, in which uh, uh, Blake Gideon is actually interviewed about the whole experience. And one of the things I about fell out of my chair when I saw it back in uh, in February, and and. Um, one of the things that, that he says is after he heard about it and was really, you know, biblically like argument after argument started being laid out and oh, this actually makes sense. Um, <laughs> he was, he was still really hesitant. And so he would pray over and over like, God, if I'm on the wrong side of this, make sure, you know, make sure I know God, if I'm on the wrong side of this, like, you know, tell me, show me. And he said, I prayed that about 15 times. You know why I prayed that? Because I knew yeah, I was on the wrong side. Right. <laughs> and finally, I said, "Lord, like I, this is right and it's true, and it's not popular, and it's it's going to be a hard road here. But like, I, I'm going to follow your word. So, haven't ever said this before, but I guess I'm an abolitionist. <laughs> it was like how he said it in the interview, and I was just like, mm. excuse me. And <laughs> you know, when we hear that, you know, conviction of the Lord. Uh, it's just a matter of time for folks, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but the question is, like, if we if we have a time period here where we can really start making a dent um, in in educating the churches and the, the people in, in Missouri, then you know, why not let it start now? You know, Amen. and uh, I, I just want to say, like, you know, abolitionists over the course of the years get a bad rap as though we're really uh, <clears throat> combative or something like that, or you know. We have a clear position that differs from the pro-life position, but it gives us no greater joy than to be able to reconcile with people who we've been at enmity with when uh, some, even, even though we've like worked politically on different sides of the aisle and, and we, we've said some pretty direct things in blog posts about a uh, mm -hmm. guy like Blake Gideon, when there was finally able to be reconciliation on the thing, Oh, it's immediately like, Amen. what can we do to serve you and help you and support you? Because it's not about us. It's not about, you know, being a winner of a fight or like, and it's about serving Christ, building his kingdom, protecting these children that are being murdered. So whatever we can do to, to serve you and help you in all of it, even if it's, hey, I, I've, you know, 65% of the way there and I need to work through the other 35%. We're more than happy to give whatever time whatever effort necessary to, to, to work through it all and make sure it's all getting worked out so that you're not being in a position where you have to endorse something that you don't fully agree with. Um, you know, but, but whatever we can do, either it's free the States or Southern Baptist abolishing abortion to, to help serve and support you. We're, we're here for that. Amen. Well, all righty. Well, I close this out brother. And uh, he's probably going to ask you to say all your names at the end. So be ready. Well, I'll just, uh, yeah, we're in a, again, we're, we've done something brand new that we've never had this many guests on before. I will just say the names and, um, I'll, I'll just, I'll just do it all. I'll say Soli Deo glory and everything <laughs> just to keep it, keep it down anyway. But, uh, guys, thank you so much for your time, Don. Thanks for just uh, mm -hmm. allowing the discussion, taking the discussion. This is, we're all sharpening each other. We've all been through this. Um, so anybody listening to this podcast, you know, um, Dave and I have had to go through the scripture. We've had to hear the arguments um, and come to the understanding of all these things, too. So we're, you know, none of us are sitting on a high horse going, you know, we're better than you. We've all come from this. And so we're just, again, beggars telling other beggars where to find bread. Amen. So um, so on that, um, if you're listening to this, don't take us as condescending or anything like that. It's not what we mean. Yes, anytime an issue comes up and there's combative nature to it, um, that can always be something where we can resort 
to going, well, they were condescending. I don't believe them. That's kind of an excuse sometimes. Um, we've done that in our lives too. So we're not saying we've not done that. Um, but please listen to this. Um, you know, arm yourself. If any of you um, that are listening or watching uh, this cast anyway, if, if you know anybody, anybody that went to Nashville, ask them if they got one of these. Um, are you an abolitionist? Or even the Southern Baptist um, for abolition, abolishing abortion um, and read it. Go to um, the SBAA website or Facebook. Go to uh, tagurateministries.org and go to our MBAA um, link in there. And we have this, the uh, resolution that we submitted in 2020 um, still with the same verbiage, not with the what happened to it um, and, and read that, understand it, pray over it, um, and then come to Branson and uh, help talk about it, help spread the word. Again, Free the States will be there. There will be materials handed out. Um, there will be people outside um, delivering sermons on the issue. There will be ample opportunity to arm yourself before walking in there and making a vote to where, like what they tried to do in Nashville, it cannot be true. If they said nobody knew, there will be knowledge and it will be Amen. full of the knowledge of abolition in Branson this year. And so that's what brings Dave tears and me tears as well, that this is what's happening this time around. And we are so thankful to each and every person that right now has said that they would be involved. Like there is so much support this year. It's not even funny. Um, and so it's amazing. So anyway, with that said, and before I cry, <laughs> this is the Tag Your Podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And we have Dave. Yes. And so, and here's the big list of people. And we have Josh, Bill, Clay, and Don. And with that said, uh, Soli Deo Gloria. Amen. Amen. Amen.